welcome. We're, we're having a few issues with our headset mic today, so we're going handheld today. Hang on. Uh, hey, it's really good to have you if you're a guest with us today. I don't know what brought you here. don't know your spiritual background, but it's a pretty good bet you're here because you're seeking God in some way. And it's possible that you have some kind of a church background or experience where maybe it's a little, um, a little dry, a little formal, you know, very traditional kind of service. Or maybe you're, you come from a background that's a lot more expressive you know uh, there's a lot of whooping a lot of a lot of crying going on very kind of hyper emotionalized and so for you this service may seem a little bit tame for others of you it might seem a little bit wild but I think all of us are here wanting to experience a real relationship with God we don't want to experience a, a, a kind of a reserved detached ritualistic kind of religion nor do we want to be manipulated into uh, exhibitionist kinds of feelings either. We want connection with transcendence. We, we want to experience God in a way that's expressive and engaging. Uh, we, we, look, we all have our different personalities and preferences, some more intense than others, but none of us want this disconnected kind of exercise and apathy. Okay, we really want to meet up with God here. No matter where you are spiritually, we all have room to grow closer to God. We've all got ground to cover. And hopefully throughout this series, you've been feeling a little bit of dissatisfaction with where you are with God that, you know, we, we, we all can get closer to him. So we've said, if you really want to get closer to God, it begins with this decision that I want to get closer to him. You've got to intentionally pursue, passionately pursue seeking God, um, getting rid of the junk in your life that's coming between you and God, emptying yourself of all that kind of stuff, the sin and the substitutes, so that you can be filled up with more and more of God. So now we're at a place where we're ready to figure out how to do that. How do we grow closer to God? And so my aim today is very simply this, to stir up a desire in you to actually want to follow some practices, some habits, that will help get you closer to God. And so we've been holding on to this theme verse, this promise from James 4, 8. The brother of Jesus says this. We're going to say it out loud one more time together. Here we go. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That's what we're going for here. Maybe you have experienced God in the past. Maybe not. Maybe you've never really been close to God at all. Or maybe you used to and you've, you've lost it somehow. I don't know. It's your hunger for for God and, and the things of God has, has waned and your passion has cooled down a little bit. You, and the thing about God is he, is he will be as close as you choose him to be. And he'll remain as distant as you want him to be. And so I don't want my heart to cool down. I don't want to drift into some kind of like humdrum marriage relationship where the glow fades and the spark fizzles out. I want to keep that intensity going. And so I, I actually consider whether I should have called this message, I want... I need an intensity um, because really I think what, what it may have should have been called is I need intimacy but it just sounded kind of weird you know for a dude especially then it say I want intimacy with God but the truth is he does want to be intimate he wants to be close with you and yet very few people are willing to go to that level with God they prefer to keep him at a distance a little bit you know they'll stiff arm him a little bit they'll be polite and respectful but I, I really am not sure that I want to go that close to God. And I realize, too, when we're talking about into intensity and intimacy in psychological and emotional terms, they, they mean different things, right? Uh, the intensity is what you feel in a relationship at the beginning 
when there's all this rush of, of uh, you know, buzz and passion and drama, and that kind of stuff usually fades away after a while. But intimacy, and intensity can be mistaken for intimacy. Intimacy is better. It's where you go deeper into a, a, a deep connection of trust and love, and that takes time to, to get to, right? So any really good intimate relationship, though, is going to want to keep that intensity going, you know, in a good way, in a healthy way. That, that we don't want that to cool off. We don't, want, we don't want to drift into a casual relationship with anybody. So I'm saying the same thing with God, is we want to go deep. We want to be intimate with God, love, trust, and all that. But we want to keep the fire burning, too. We, 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 we want to keep our, our intensity growing with him. Uh, we don't want it to fade away like we, we looked at, if you were here for the first talk, the churches in the book of Revelation. Jesus is addressing some specific churches and to the church in Ephesus. Remember how he said to them in Revelation 2, yet I'll hold this against you. Remember, you have forsaken your what? Your first love. Okay, the love that you had for me at first, you guys are doing good. You're a good church and all that, but you're doing it kind of now out of ritual and duty. Okay, you've cooled off in your, in your love for me. And I want us to get back to that. It's kind of like the older couple who were driving along the road on, back in the day when they had bench seats. Remember when they had bench seats in the front of a car? One long bench, not a couple of bucket seats. But, you know, and, and the wife, she's sitting way over to, to her side, right up against the door. And they're driving along. And she sees this car in front of them with a young couple sitting real close to each other. And she says, look at that. Look at that young couple. Look how close they're sitting to each other. Why don't we sit close to each other like that anymore? Uh, I haven't moved. Right? I mean, if you're not as close to God as you once were, who moved? God hasn't moved, right? So we need to move closer to God. And so I want to be like David in the Old Testament. Psalm 42, he says, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? Don't you want that? Don't you want to long for God like that? And I'm not talking, look, I'm not going to give you some kind of new and improved ways to get closer to God. I don't have any secret formula for this. I'm just talking about having a desire and following through on some tried and true biblical ways of getting closer to God. He's already shown us. And so our big idea is that I will intentionally practice spiritual habits. Yes, habits, habits. It's not just going to happen on its own. It becomes a habit to draw closer to God. If I want to get closer to God, then I'm going to follow the way that God has shown me to get closer to him. So once again, I'm going to talk to you as three different groups of people represented by these three stools. And again, I know it's probably more complex than just three stools, but I think they can be summed up this way. And so stool number one, these are the people who are fully devoted to God. Okay, so you understand how important this is uh, to to draw close to God, and you, but you also understand how difficult it can be. And I struggle with this. This is still hard for me because the pull of, of the world and busyness and just all this, you know, everything pulls us away from God. And so you focus on getting closer to God sitting in this chair. Uh, you, you know that to get close to anybody, you gotta, you gotta make time for it. You gotta schedule appointments. You gotta have dates where you, you're able to hang out together and communicate more personally and uh, Share your feelings, and that's what we're talking about. Number one, so here's what you do. You schedule an encounter time alone with God. You prioritize that. This is important. 
I'm going to get together with God. And some people call this their devotional time because it's really where you grow in your devotion to God. And uh, you, you get out your Bible and you read. You listen to God speak to you through Scripture. You pray to Him. You maybe get to read some good Christian literature as well. Because listen, God wants an everyday relationship with you, not just on the weekends. So that might mean you choose to get up a little bit earlier or you uh, reserve some of that evening me time for God instead it becomes your God time and you begin to listen to what God has to say to you because he's going to speak to you if you listen he'll speak in some very obvious ways and some subtle ways and primarily through his word how can you get to know God better if you're not listening to him and you know how important prayer is. That it's not supposed to be just these repetitious recitations of memorized words, but that this is where you pour your heart out to God. And that you're communicating with Him in a way where you're not just saying stuff to Him, whatever pops into your head at the moment, but you're focusing on what's really important and that's why for me I keep prayer list you can call it a prayer journal whatever where I've written down things so I'm praying about what's important and not just whatever happens to come up in the moment so to you on chair one stool one I would say keep going deeper in your time with God that's good but sometimes you might even need to schedule some extended time alone with God maybe even go on a retreat like Chance the Rapper did you hear how he made the news about a month ago uh, this Grammy award-winning musical artist said that uh, he was going to take some time away to travel so that specifically he could read the Bible listen to what he says this was on Instagram, he posted, I'm going away to learn the word of God, which I am admittedly very unfamiliar with. I've been brought up by my family to know Christ, but I haven't taken it upon myself to really just take a couple of days and read my Bible. He says, we all quote scripture, we tell each other what God likes and doesn't like, but how much time do we spend as followers of Jesus to really just read and know his word? I'm definitely guilty of not devoting time to it, so I'm off to read and learn. Sure enough, he said, I'm gonna go off, I'm gonna read at least five books of the Bible and quit smoking at the same time. And you think about chances, he, he calls himself a Christian, a lot of Christian fans have embraced him because he mentions God in the gospel, you know, in his music. But if you know Chance, he also has a lot of, <laughs> you know, not so positive things. He has you know, a lot of profanity and sex and drug references in his rap. So hopefully this is going to set him off in a better direction. And I, I applaud him for that because I'm, I'm saying so many Christians are just like him. They say they know Christ, they have a relationship with Christ, but they don't know anything about the Bible. How can you get to know your Lord if you don't listen to him, if you don't know his word at all? And so here's what Chance the Rapper did on Instagram Live is he opened up his Bible and he just started reading it out loud. How great is that? He reads from the book of Galatians. Now, um, <laughs> he, he doesn't know a whole lot about it. He, you can tell he doesn't really know the Apostle Paul much about him, the guy who wrote it. But I want you to listen to a little bit of uh, his introduction to reading. This is going to only take a second because there's only a few chapters. But I'm going to read to you guys Galatians. Anybody that wants to read along, I'm reading out of the... Uh, the New Living Translation, um, the NLT version. Um, and the book I'm about to read is called Galatians. Um, one thing that I didn't know about the Bible 
that I guess probably a, a bunch of people did know was that it's not all like narrative. You know what I mean? Some it's some stories, but then there's also like, um, you know, psalms are like poems or songs and stuff. Um, and what I'm finding out through the first book that I read was called, uh, and the Bible was called uh, Romans. And I'm finding out through reading this as well that there's a few letters in the Bible. Um, and the letters that I've read so far are written by this guy, Paul, who uh, is basically a Roman at the time where a lot of Jews were getting persecuted. Um, and he himself persecuted, stoned uh, a bunch of people um, in the name of... Uh, of the of the Roman religions and uh, and against the name of Jesus, uh, but then he eventually became a follower. And uh, while in prison, he wrote mad letters. So um, those letters eventually um, were put into the Bible. I'm still learning a lot of stuff, so everything's not. I don't have everything, but you know, I thought I knew the Bible and I did not. So I'm reading it now and. I just wanted to read through a couple of chapters of Galatians with you guys. Um, and if you want to, you can read along. Um, and yeah, here comes the word of God. All right. Galatians 1. Greetings from Paul. This letter is from Paul, an apostle. I was not appointed by any group of people or any human authority, but by Jesus Christ himself and by God the Father who raised Jesus from the dead. All the brothers and sisters here join me in sending this letter to the churches of Galatia. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Jesus gave his life for our sins just as God our Father planned in order to rescue us from this evil world. He goes on to read the whole book, all six chapters of Galatians. How awesome is that? How many thousands of people got to hear the word of God because this celebrity got on there and just started reading it out loud? I mean, when's the last time that you saw something like that happen? That's, that's cool. I love that. So you notice he said, I thought I knew the Bible, but I don't. I found out I really didn't. And here's the thing is you're not going to get any closer to God just by quoting and posting meme-sized scriptures, right? And so I'm saying instead of just reading a couple of sentences from the Bible this week off, you know, off Facebook, why not spend some time reading a few chapters? In fact, maybe many chapters this week. It's not even as daunting as you might think to read through the entire New Testament before Easter arrives. Or certainly before the end of the year, you could read through the whole New Testament, maybe even the whole Bible itself. So listen, I would recommend getting a good modern English translation like he did. He got the New Living Translation, but you could get the NIV, the New International Version. You could get the English Standard Version. You could, you could get the New Living Translation. Uh, all very good, easy to understand, or a good study Bible with some scholar's notes in there, give you some background like the NIV study Bible, or one with some very practical kinds of notes in it like the Life Application Bible. But look, you don't have to go out and buy a Bible even. We'll give you one free out in the lobby. Pick up one of those New Testaments and start reading. Or just go online. Bible's online for free in all kinds of different versions. Get that Version app or BibleGateway.com. They, they've got an app as well. Download those or just go online and, and they've got all kinds of different reading plans as as well so that you're not just picking and choosing and you know like chance was flipping around here and there looked like it'll give you a way to read through uh, the scriptures in a logical systematic way all right so you understand the importance of that time alone with God but number two 
you also practice a weekly habit of worship because you understand how important it is to get together with God's people. What, what Hebrews 10.25 says, let's all read this one out loud together too. Here we go. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of, so wait, see it's a habit to go to church and it's a habit to miss church, isn't it? Let's go on. But let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. What's that day? The day that Jesus returns. So you have discovered that when you miss meeting with God's people, you miss a special time with God. All right, because God shows up among his people where two or three are gathered, there I am with them. And you understand this, no, this isn't an optional thing. This is a command of God. This is vital, crucial to my spiritual growth. Uh, see, because when we come together, when we show up with faith, with an expectation of God's presence, then there's a special dynamic that happens. When you, when you show up and, and you expect God to be here and to do something, then you know what? God does something. God does something only God can, can do. And I know a lot of you have had some defining moments right here at this time in this auditorium in the past. So I'm just saying, look, logically, if you want to develop physically, what do you do? Well, you get in the car and you go to the gym, right? Because that's where it's most likely to happen. You can try it on your own, but you know, <laughs> it's better with others around you with the, all the tools and resources you need. If you want to develop musically, what do you do? Get in the car, go to your private lessons because that's where it's most likely to happen. If you want to develop spiritually, what do you do? Get in the car, go to the place where God's people get together. That's where it's most likely to happen. That's where your faith gets catalyzed because there's something special that happens when we, when we praise God together, when we share in communion together, when we learn from God's word and are challenged to live what God wants us to do. I mean, we, here's the thing is we want to invite God's presence among us each time we get together so that it's like a tangible thing. I mean, you just sense that God is here. I'm not talking about some weird emotional kind of mystical thing. I'm just saying there's something about it when we, when we expect God to show up and, and we, we're sensing his presence among us. I, that's what draws people to want to be here. That you can't get that anywhere else. We can't compete with the world with all the, you know, the glitz and the glamour and the entertainment and all that going on, but this is the place where you go to meet with God. And that's why you want to bring people here, people who need God. They need to be here too. And sometimes I think we show up and we have such a little sense of the greatness of God. You know, we're not expecting anything to happen. We, we just sing the words very mindlessly. We go through all the ritual without any real relationship going on. And what I'm saying is, Worship flows from love. I mean, imagine saying to your spouse, honey, I think you're wonderful. I adore you. I love you so much. And what are they going to think? Does that sound real? Does that sound heartfelt at all? And yet, isn't that the way we approach worship a lot of time? We're just kind of saying the words. Doesn't really mean anything. Look, here's, here's what I'm saying. We can provide this environment for worship for you. We can, we can direct you to God. We can put him on display and hold up his word and provide communion and, and a time to pray. But you got to bring the heart to this. No, nobody else can do that for you. If you're not really getting close to God, don't blame the church. All we can do is provide the setting for it. you got to bring the heart and the spirit for it. Because I'm telling you, you know, it's no secret. A lot of people come to church not for what they can give to God. They come to get something. And the focus is on me, 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 instead of the focus being on God. And so here, we, you know, what else can we offer people except God? We're not going to go the way of the world. We're not going to try and put on a show here and compete with the world. We're not going to try to lure people in with all kinds of gimmicks and goodies. Well, we do have free donuts and coffee, I guess. But, you know, 
I don't think people really show up for that, frankly. Because I love what Pastor Francis Chan says in his latest book. He says, I asked my daughter, how many kids would come to your birthday party if all we offered was cake? No games, no entertainment. They could come to the house and spend time with you and they could bring gifts to celebrate you, but we wouldn't give them anything else. How many people do you think would come? And she thought for a moment and said, well, I think a couple of my friends would show up. And then he said, how many would come if I rented out Dave and Buster's and gave away unlimited tokens and prizes and food? And she laughed and very confidently said, I think the whole school would show up. Well, I wonder if that's where we've gotten to with, when it comes to church and Christians. What does it take to get Christians to show up to church? If it's not God, I don't know what else we can do. So you understand this, right? And you understand number three is, is to participate in a group because on stool number one, you know how much we need each other. That we can't do this in isolation because the New Testament, the church is all about the one another. So we're here to love one another and build up one another, encourage one another, bear one another's burdens, offer each other hospitality. And yes, we do that on the weekends to some degree, but it's really hard to do it in a crowd environment. That's why we need to be in proximity with one another, to be with near each other if we're really going to function as the church where we're not just sitting in rows but we get in circles because life really is better together and so we're starting a new semester of groups starting next week really hope that you're going to get involved in one if you've never done that if you are leading a group thanks for doing that but you know some of you probably could start leading a group you say well I can't do that because I don't know enough about the Bible I'm not a scholar I'm not a teacher you don't have to be that's fine we're just looking for people who love who care who can help people go through a discussion guide of questions that will supply you. And the best way to learn how to lead a group is to go to one and apprentice under the leader. I mean, just show up and volunteer, say, hey, I would love to apprentice to lead a group of my own someday. So look, if you're looking for a group, I hope you'll go online, go to groups.southpointccc.com or just go on the Wi-Fi here where you're already connected to do your connection card and find a group that's good for you. Or uh, you can go out in the lobby. We've got a couple tables set up and go to Info Central. You got a card when you came in that has instructions on how to do that. This is important. But then there's one more way on stool number one that uh, you realize how important it is to pick up a ministry. Because you know that by serving others, you're really serving the Lord. And the best way to show love for God is through service, right? Uh, God has gifted you to serve and you realize it's not about me. That, that's a huge shift when you start realizing it's not about me. That I show love for God through how I minister to other people. I mean, after Jesus washed his disciples' feet, what did he tell them? Wash each other's feet. And I wonder what percentages of Christians show up for church to wash feet. Again, no secret, I think many come as consumers instead of contributors. And you're never going to grow closer to God just being a consumer. God's given you these gifts and talents, skills, and abilities to meet needs and make a difference. Why don't you put them to use for him and see what he starts to do in your life when you start serving out of a real joy, the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, it's, it's inconvenient. It can be tiring, but it's a good tired because you know you're being used by God, that you're fulfilling his purpose for your life. And so to you, I would say, you know, the message version of the Bible paraphrases Romans 12, 11 like this. Don't burn out, you know. Yeah, you're going to get tired. You're going to get like, but don't burn out doing this. Keep yourself fueled and aflame. Keep that fire burning. Keep the intensity going. All right, let's get real with this. How many cat people we got? How many are willing to admit you're a cat person? Raise your hands. All right, I'm sorry. Um, 
just being real here, because here's, here's where I'm going with this. You know this, when, when we offer all these opportunities for you to grow, some Christians can be like cats. You know, here it is. Stick their nose up and walk away like, oh, I don't need that. That may be for other people, but I'm not at that level. I would prefer something else. All right. Now, how many are dog people? How many guys? Ah, there we go. All right. See, I had one cat, six dogs. Because here's the difference. When you offer anything to a dog, what's he do? Throw something in his bowl. <laughs> he throws his face into that bowl and gobbles it all up. And says, oh, it's so good. Give me some more. When we offer opportunities like that, God says, where's my dog people? Just go for it. <laughs> All right. Well, we talked about stool number one, close to God. Now we've got get to get to stool number three. Those who are not yet Christ believers. All right. Well, you're here. So you're a little bit closer today, I think. I think that's why you showed up, is you're looking for God in your life. Whether you realize it consciously or not, you didn't just happen to show up. God brought you here. I, I believe that. And I, whether you want to admit it or not, you need God in your life. And so I believe that uh, there's a God who loves you so much that he made sure you didn't miss this appointment to be here today so he could expose you to this message. So to you, I'd want to say, you have a father who loves you so much, who loves you so intensely that he came to this earth and died in your place, gave his life on the cross so that you could be forgiven and rose from the dead so that you could have eternal life and be with him forever. He wants you to be with him, near him, close to him forever. The question is, do you want that kind of relationship with God? It's up to you. It's your decision. He's not going to force it. But here's the thing. It doesn't matter how good you think you are or how bad you know you are. Spirituality is not enough. Being religious isn't enough. Being a good, kind, charitable person is not enough. We all need Jesus. We all need forgiveness. Only he can make us right with God. He's the one you've been looking for. And if you turn your heart to him and away from yourself and sin and all that, he's going to give you that new life, change life, forever life. But now I've got to talk to those who are on stool number two. And these are those who are caught somewhere in the middle. I mean, you're a believer, but it's really not much of a priority for you, honestly. I mean, it's not like you're out there living against God. It's just not that you're fully devoted to God. <laughs> so, you know, you're, you're kind of caught. And I would wonder, it, was there a time when you loved Jesus more than you do now? When your hunger for his word was voracious? When your... Love for the, the people of God, God's house, was, was enthusiastic. When your eagerness to serve was, was so strong and your compulsion to spread the good news of Jesus to everybody you could meet was so contagious. What happened to all that intensity? Here's where, here's where I think we find ourselves today. A lot of Christians are opting out of church more than ever. And they, they continue to love Jesus. They just say, you know what, church? Eh, I don't really need it. And kind of, frankly, it kind of gets in the way. And what a sad time we've come to when people want to grow closer to Jesus but don't really want anything to do with his body, his, his bride, the church. And so 
I don't know, I probably shouldn't say this. You may not like it, but I'm going to say it anyway. Generally speaking, the more casual a Christian is in their church attendance, the more casual is their devotion to God. The more infrequent your involvement in his church, it's a sign of how diluted your devotion has become. Now, I'm not judging anyone's personal spiritual condition. I'm just noting a correlation that I have observed over and over and over. And so to you, I would say, if you want to get that intensity back, you can. You can. But it begins with a decision. That's it. You've got to decide to get up and move back to chair number one. That's it. You can't wait for the feeling to hit you. You can't wait for the planets to align, you know, and zap you somehow. You can't be held captive by the emotion of the moment. You've got to decide ahead of time, whether you feel like it or not, this is what I'm going to do. These are my spiritual practices from here on out because I want to get closer to God. Because otherwise, you're going to continue to say, oh, you know what? Uh, I, 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 I really want to pray, but I'm just too tired. You know, and I probably should read my Bible, but I'm, I'm too busy. And it would be a good thing for me to go to church, I know that, but I was just out way too late last night. And I know I need to go to group, but it's just such a hassle. And if you continue to think that way, you're going to continue to be swayed away from God. And you're going to remain stalled and stagnant in your spiritual walk. And so what do you do? Well, you've got to make a decision ahead of time that I'm going to go ahead and do these things whether I feel like them or not. For example, you're going to say, all right, it's Sunday. I'm going to get in the car and I'm going to go to church where God's people gather. Even if I, I worked hard yesterday and the bed feels really good right now and I got chores to do later, this is too important to miss out on meeting with God. And I'm going to show up and just trust that God's going to do a God thing in my life. Will you say that I will intentionally, intentionally practice spiritual habits to draw closer to God? One more time, I've got to take you back to the early church in Revelation. Jesus is speaking to the church in Laodicea. You remember those guys? They were the lukewarm Christians, neither hot or cold. He goes on to say in Revelation 3.20, I stand at the door and knock. Here I am. I'm knocking. Now, you know who we think that verse is for? We think it's for chair three people. Stool three, right? Unbelievers. Oh, if you'll just open your life to Jesus, he'll come in. Jesus wasn't talking to unbelievers. He was talking to the church. He is standing outside the church door, knocking, let me in, into his own church. He's standing outside of your heart. Will you let him into your heart? I mean, have you pushed him aside, pushed him out? Because here's the thing, Jesus would love to come in. But he says, the one thing I cannot do, I can make you fear me, I can make you obey me, but the thing I desire more than anything else is, I can't make you love me. It's gotta be your choice. Here I am, I stand at the door. If anybody hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and I will eat with them and they with me. And we'll get close. If you want that, let's pray. God, I pray you'd open the heavens. You'd come down because you're the one that we really need. We, we just want to be so desperate for your presence with us. And we know we're, we're unworthy of it. There's nothing in us. There's nothing we do that can deserve it. We just, we're going to humble ourselves. 
and invite you to come near us and do what only you can do in us, what we can't do for ourselves. Father, would you heighten our desire for fellowship with you, that you put a fire in us to live for you. Fill us with a fresh faith. We, we want to repent of being sidetracked by all the distractions and the busyness and frankly, just you know, a lot of laziness sometimes. Because we end up, we put your love on the back burner where it maybe just simmering a little bit. We want to put you back at the front, at the top of our lives. The most important thing, we want to move to that first stool. And so we pray it in Jesus' name, amen.